This is Alex. And this is James. And you're listening to the American Toffee Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the American Toffee Podcast FA Cup preview episode. It is Everton versus Millwall on Saturday. Going to be a very exciting game. I'm personally somehow still kind of optimistic about it. But before we get into some of the stuff we're going to talk about, uh, the history of Millwall, the history of Everton versus Millwall, a little bit of Silva's Marco Silva's press conference today, some bizarre news that came out this week. Yannick Bellassi returning unexpectedly from loan at Aston Villa, coming back to Everton, and as we found out today, did not talk to Marco Silva prior to terminating his loan. Alex, what are your thoughts on Yannick Bellassi coming back? I don't even know. Really, I always liked Bellassi. We paid too much for him, which, whatever, right? I don't really want to get into club finances and and soccer economics, specifically Premier League premiums and whatnot, but we paid too much for him. He comes, and he actually did quite well linking up with Lukaku for a good while. Next thing you know, he had a terrible injury. He was out for an entire year, came back, didn't really look the same or even close to it, understandably, and then goes out on loan. To me, it's odd in general for him to end his loan spell with Aston Villa. And then it's even more weird that he didn't talk to Silva prior. What this screams to me, which may be, well, which definitely is subjective. This tells me that he came back not to fight for his place at Everton, but to possibly force a permanent move elsewhere. Do you agree with that, James? I think he came back knowing that he's not in Everton's plans because I think he, of course, would have communicated with the club that he was prepared to terminate his loan. They would have, I assume, Marcel Brands would have been upfront with him saying that we don't have plans for you. Emblematic of the Steve Walsh era, era paid $30 million for him from Crystal Palace, and he did start things off well, linking up with Lukaku, but then the injury, and he was just nowhere near that level ever since. And since that point, we've we really struggled to find people who want to take him back and trying to recoup some of that exorbitant loan fee that or transfer fee that we paid for him has proven very difficult, similar to a lot of the other Steve Wall signings. So yeah, it strikes me as bizarre. I agree that he's probably destined to leave for another club before the end of the window. But if not, I don't think that as a player you have to want to play, and I think he'll want to go somewhere where he will play. But I don't know about the permanent transfer because I I just I don't feel that he's going to be willing to take the wage cut that's going to be coming to him. I think he's going to ride out this ridiculous 70K a week that he's getting now for as long as he can because he's never going to see that kind of wage again in his career. Coming to the twilight of his career, so, so maybe move to China, something like that. Who knows? But it's a bizarre story and a player that I think most Evertonians were happy to see the back of. And yet, I don't know, it's, it's bizarre, but... Moving on, the task at hand on Saturday, Everton versus Millwall. Alex, why don't you give us a little bit of a lowdown on Millwall? So Millwall was founded in 1885, so very old club. They're referred to as the Lions. Now, what's interesting, they wear blue and white primarily, but the thought process behind the colors actually paid homage 
to the Scottish roots of the club, which is pretty interesting. Now they've they've spent the majority of their existence yo-yoing between second and third tier football, right? And they currently play in the championship. They did play briefly in the top flight uh, from 1988 to 1990, uh, and their highest ever finish was 10th. Right now, I think they're sitting at 19th or 18th in the championship, so they're in a relegation fight of their own as far as the championship goes. So they're gonna have they're gonna be looking to make a decent cup run. Some of their rivals, West Ham, is their main rival, but also considered rivals with Leeds and Palace. And they're recent, you know, they've been in the championship now two seasons, so they're going to be hoping to maintain that level. You think with their current league position, the fact that they just got promoted to the championship again only two years ago, you kind of almost think that the FA Cup, FA Cup wouldn't be a priority for them. But at the same time, they've historically made some pretty good FA Cup wins or runs. And you almost think that from a championship club's perspective, they don't have the TV money on a day-to-day basis like the Premier League does. So the FA Cup might be equal or even more of a, a main focus for them because of the fact that they get on a broader stage and they probably get some sweetie, pretty sweet payouts from from appearing even in the TV deal through each round. Yeah, and I think just when you're a club that plays in the lower divisions and you get the chance to play a Premier League club and kind of show what you're about, I don't think anyone's really looking past that. There may be some concerns. Of course, the championship is a long season, a lot of games, and they are by no means safe. So that will certainly play a part. But I think they're going to be looking to win this game. Their fans, they play in the Den, unbelievably good name for a stadium. And they've actually beat the last four Premier League teams that have visited uh, the Den. Millwall's known as being a pretty intimidating place to play and some of their fans a little raucous. It's going to be a crazy atmosphere and it's going to be important that we start the game really well early and kind of keep the crowd at bay because if we let them like an early rough challenge or a good chance for them and the crowd really get into it, it just makes it all that much more difficult for us to maintain our composure, which we know that the team's confidence is very fragile right now. Yeah, all really good points. It's going to come down to we really need the traveling supporters to be there, singing their Richarlison songs, singing their Yerry Mina songs, and backing the the team from the very beginning. We've only played Millwall 14 times in total. We've won six of them, drawn four, and lost four. But for a lot of American fans that may not know, I personally forgot until I was reminded looking this up earlier that Everton and Millwall have a pretty decent connection. They last met in 2006 in the FA Cup. Everton won 1-0, scored by none other than Timmy Cahill. But players in that squad for Everton, Leon Osman, Timmy Cahill, Tony Hibbert, the legend, Mikel Arteta, and specifically Cahill, played for Millwall from 1998 to 04, right before moving to Everton. I've seen on Twitter that some people are dubbing this the Tim Cahill Derby. Um, Interesting name. I believe that he's actually going to be doing commentary or he'll be involved in the broadcast in some way, which will be pretty exciting. Uh, Yeah, scored that goal against his former club to to move forward in the FA Cup with Everton in 2006. Uh, A big occasion. And he actually, after leaving Everton, he went back to Millwall, back to his roots, 
uh, made 10 appearances for them, no goals, and then, of course, went to the Indian Super League, known for their immense quality uh, throughout the entire division. I know he's, I follow him, we follow him on Twitter, followed him on Twitter for a long time, and, and he is quite the ambassador for the club. Loves Everton through and through. So that connection is kind of cool to just, just have that link with Millwall. But moving on to what we expect the lineups to look like. And of course, we had Marco Silva's press conference today announced that Phil Jagielka is not fit. So he won't feature. Kind of wasn't expecting him to anyway, but nonetheless, unfortunate that he's still hurt. The other two main talking points were that he stated that there's been no official offer for Idrissa Ghanagay, despite numerous, numerous rumors linking him with PSG, saying he's agreed to personal terms, et cetera, et cetera, saying that we've we've been offered 25 or 20 and that we want 35. Of course, most of that is likely just paper speculation, journalists. So that was interesting to hear officially from Marco Silva. And then he had some interesting comments on Adam Lookman as well, Alex. He essentially talked about Lookman and said that he's playing because he deserves it, just like everyone else that is starting. We've seen, I think I've talked about it previously, even as recent as last week, that he ta- he mentioned at the beginning of the season he wants two players in each position. That way, when one falls off, the other one is right there ready to go and earn their chance. We've seen it with John Joe Kenny and Seamus Coleman a couple times this season. We've seen it definitely a forward across the three positions, really. So finally, it's Lookman chance to shine. He said that he's doing plenty of good things. He still has many good things to improve upon, as he said he expects from everyone in the squad. He specifically mentioned that he wants more goals, understandably, right? We want that from all players other than Richarlison and Sigurdsson. I mean, we always want more goals, but those are the only two that can be held to a to an okay standard at that point. But he also mentioned something really interesting that you don't really think about on a day-to-day basis, and that is he is improving his his offensive tradition or his offensive transition and getting into the box, timing it correctly. Yeah, it's good to see Marco Silva continue with his positive comments about Animal Lookman because I think most fans feel that he is the future for us and Marco Silva and Marcel Brands have both stated as much. A player that oozes potential and there's still so much that we have to see from him, I think, in his Everton career, however long that may be, shows us that he's probably the most dynamic player in our squad and he's only 21. He's very young. He has a long way to go. And I'm very optimistic about what he can offer us on the wings for the next couple of years. Whether or not he'll play on Saturday is a totally different question. Because, of course, we now have to consider that we have Wolves, Wolves at home the following Tuesday. And so the squad rotation is going to play a part. Alex, what are you predicting to see for a lineup? Because Silva said that Baines is a possibility, and McCarthy is also a possibility. Do you see either of them factoring in? To your piece about Lookman possibly starting right, we have to remember, James, that Balassi will have had two to three days to prepare for the weekend, and so he could make a real run at that right midfield spot. Anyway, (laughs) in all actuality, right, we have this match on Saturday against Millwall, which I ran a pretty informative and positive survey, I think, on Twitter asking, do we think a win in the FA Cup this weekend is overshadowed by recent poor performances in the league? And the majority of Everton fans said no, which was surprising to me 
and and I I appreciate that. I agree. We have a chance here to really make a go at the FA Cup. But we have to remember we have a match against Wolves at home on Tuesday. So not a whole lot of rest there. So I am going to go for a rotated squad on the weekend because I think all things considered, regardless of mentality or not, all of these players have been starters at one point in the season or another. So I'm going to start with Pickford and goal. I thought at the, at the beginning of season, you know, we'd do the general, your backup keeper was cup keeper, but he hasn't given Steck any minutes. So Pickford it is. Now my back line, I actually have three changes, James. I've got Baines and Kenny at fullback, and then I've got Kurt Zuma and Yerry Mina at center back. What do you think about my defense? I would love to see Leighton Baines play because he was complete class against Lincoln City. Still a relatively good Premier League player, though we haven't seen him play in the league in quite a while. I think he could really do a solid job for us. Away, very experienced, knows you know his his head is not going anywhere. You know his intelligence with the ball, his ability to pick across. It'll be good to give Luca Dean another rest. I think he's probably our most serviceable backup player, maybe in the entire squad as far as you know strictly rotating player, player who's a firmly a squad player, but can come in and really perform at a high level. Center backs, personally, I would play Kurt Zuma and Michael Keane and maybe rotate Yuri Mina in for the Wolves game. That's just me, but I think really, though your survey may have indicated otherwise, the FA Cup is all we have to really root for this season besides perhaps a seventh place finish. And so I'm saying put all the eggs in this basket, play the best possible team with a few rotations considering the schedule. We know that if we try to get too crazy with change changes, that is going to backfire on us. So I'm going to say Michael Keane, Kurt Zuma, and then I agree, John Joe Kenny. I think he could be the long-term option at, at right back. And so I say he gets to go as well. I, I agree with that. But just Michael Keane in for Yerry Mina instead. That makes sense. And before before I ask you about your midfield three, because I'm going to let you go first on that on that piece. On John Joe Kenny, I thought that the two matches that he played in, he looked good. He looked really good. And then all of a sudden, Seamus Coleman was right back in the lineup. I personally was confused by that. I think it's just the level of trust. And John Joe Kenny is still fairly unproven. He's got a long way to go in his development. Seamus Coleman may be reaching the twilight of his career, but he's also our captain and a strong presence. Maybe if you play Leighton Baines, you don't need Seamus Coleman in there because you can give Baines the armband. And so that frees up the spot. A very energetic player offers more pace than Coleman. And I think his delivery in the final third into the opposition box is also significantly better from what I've seen. Small sample size, but nonetheless, I feel that way. So that would be my personal preference for the back line. As far as the midfield goes, I would love to see Andre Gomez, Tom Davies, and Gilfie Sigurdsson with the level of opposition that we're going against, leaving out Ghana, who because I think we're going to have most of the possession and giving Tom Davies a chance to prove himself uh, against a, a lower championship tier side. I mean, if he can't play well against them, then it's going to be a problem. So I think that the, the three creative players in midfield will really serve us well with a lot of the ball in possession, making some powerful drives forward with the ball, pinging it out wide. That's going to be my choice. What about you? What do you think? 
I like that point, and it's an interesting point because we look back at Lincoln City. We expected to have a good amount of possession. I don't think we really had as much as we expected. And the issue was, which has been our issue for years now, right? We play against lower place teams that like to sit back and are very defensive minded, and we can never break them down, which is why everyone was so excited about the Andre Gomez signing, right? Because we needed more dynamism in midfield. So I actually, I really, I, I feel your thought process on playing Davies, Gomez, and Sigurdsson. Now, my lineup was more of a traditional midfield three in a sense of kind of each player brings something different. So I I do agree. I'd like to see Tom Davies come in. I'll, I'll be wearing my number 26 shirt, especially if he does. Now, I chose Ghana for that defensive stability. My issue, I actually did not want to choose Ghana, but my issue is the fact that you don't really feel we have a backup defensive midfielder. And Marco Silva's kind of agreed with those sentiments, seeing as how we haven't played another one since the start of the season, I think, when Schneiderlin was playing. So I picked Ghana, but only for his ability to break up play, and I think he'll really nag the Millwall players. And then at the 10, Sigurdsson had a little bit of a rough go last time out. Now that you know that spot is kind of tricky because if he's not getting the ball too often, if if off- offensive players aren't making runs, very good runs, then he can kind of may be made to look a little poorer than he was. But I'm going to choose Bernard at the ten. That's because he brings a lot of pace and skill to the side. He's very creative, just like Sigurdsson, and I think we give you know Sigurdsson just sixty seventy minutes of of physical and mental rest my concern about playing bernard at the number 10 in a game like this is that i think him in the middle against the physicality that millwall will be bringing and the crowd getting behind the players they're going to want to see their players get stuck in i just think that if it's somewhat congested like i'm expecting it to be with millwall sitting fairly deep i don't know i think he could get crunched you know he's so small and they're a strong physical side that bothers me. So I think that I just think that Sigurdsson, if we can give him the service and get him on the ball against this type of opposition, he can really kind of regain some of the creativeness, the consistency um, that he's really been putting up all season, except for maybe the last three or four games. He's still our second leading goal scorer, knows how to get an assist when needed. So I just like him better. And Bernard at the number 10 would just be kind of out of left field. I know I've said that previously, but I wouldn't hate to see it, but it does concern me slightly just at face value. No, yeah, that's that's a really good point. I didn't even consider it. And right when you went on, right when you went on to make your point, I knew exactly what you were saying because it didn't really occur to me. I guess my main thought process was really, you know, we, we sent Kieran Dowell out on loan, which is good because he needs playing time. And that really leaves us with a hole in that in that number two spotted attacking midfield. But moving on to forwards, what are your three picks for our front line on Saturday, James? I'm going to say that Adam Lookman gets a chance to continue his run in the team. I think he, against Lincoln City in the FA Cup last time, he was our most dangerous player in the offensive third. Players look terrified to close him down because of his ability to accelerate and beat them on sheer pace. I think that he could really give them fits and cause them a lot of problems. So I'm going to say Adam Lookman on the right. I'm going to go with Dominic Calvert-Lewin up top. I think it's time to finally just say, you know, put your hands up, 
what we have with Richarlison up front just isn't good enough at the moment. Jink Tosin been linked with several moves away. What's his long-term future at the club up in the air? Calvert-Lewin, young, exciting prospect, recently won uh, England U21 Player of the Year. So I'm going to say give him a go, and his physical nature should bode well uh, against Millwall's defense. And then on the left, bring Richarlison back. I'm all on board with this. Even if it means Bernard doesn't find a place in the team, we know he operates better on the left. We've seen it time and time again. If we have Lookman and Richarlison on either wing, that is going to be some you know, really strong outlet passes from the midfield. I'm hoping to see some really good link up there. I like your choices. I don't agree with one of them. Now, I agree Richarlison on the left and Calvert-Lewin on the top. If it was up to me, I think Calvert-Lewin and Jenk Tosin would be given an even amount of starts in the next month up top and really see how each one reacts, but I'm going to go with Charleston on the left, Calvert-Lewin up top. And then on the right-hand side, I'm actually going to go with Walcott. That's because we saw Lookman have a little bit of a, a tougher match last time out, right? And I talked about that consistency. He had a killer match two weeks ago. He comes and he doesn't look quite as sharp. Now, neither, you know, the team as a whole didn't, but he wasn't quite there. And what I really want is I really want to see Lookman start on Tuesday. He's a professional just like everyone else, right? You know, they they are paid big bucks to recover. They've been doing it their entire life. But Walcott has fresh legs. He's been starting for us most of the season. And let's not understate the fact that Walcott is definitely quality enough to be starting mid-table Premier League consistently. I think that it's still a strong to- choice there. Yeah, either way, there's real no real excuse for us to lose this game. I'm hoping that we can assert ourselves early, get on the front foot, score a goal in the first 30 or so minutes, um, and then kind of just cruise from there. But that's what I hope every single game, and thus far this season, hasn't particularly worked out well. And so, with that said, Alex, your score prediction for Saturday. I'm going to err on the the side of optimism. I'm going to say 2-1 to Everton. Millwall's goal is going to come off of a set piece, which I feel like I call that every week nowadays. And I'm I'm going to probably confident say confidently say that it's going to be a nervy match till the end. What about you? Well, it's a perfectly sane response. There's hasn't been much in the last couple months about Everton that hasn't been nervy in about every regard, especially on match day. However, this is going to come back to bite me. I'm going to regret saying this, but. I feel that Everton are going to win 3 0. I think Richarlison, ripe for a goal. Dominic Calvert Lewin, maybe two goals. And that I think we can cruise comfortably if we can take the crowd out of it. Now, if Milwaukee are to score early and then we're left chasing the game for the rest of it, I'm going to be sitting on my couch extremely frightened. I might even be hiding under a blanket because if we lose this game, I do not want to see the fan reaction. It's going to be a really, really bad situation because then we're pretty much devoid of anything real to root for for the remainder of the year. And that's a very scary thought. Do you think your 3-0 score prediction is based on the fact that Yannick Bellassi is going to be staring them down in the locker room and they know that if they slip up even once that he's he's going to take their spot? Or 
Yeah, I think that's probably the main cause. Honestly, I think when we played Lincoln City and they gave us a game, that's a team that's flying high at the top of their division, high on confidence. They are, they're winning games on a regular basis. We're going to a side. Their fans are going to be crazy, but the team is not playing well. They're in relegation places. They're low on confidence, and so this is a perfect game for us to regain our confidence. There's no real excuse. This should be a team that we beat. Seems like every time I say that, we manage to mess it up somehow. But I'm just I'm just feeling like this has got to be a game that could be a, a pivot point for us even. Um, and maybe we can look back on it with fond memories come May. I hope so. I think we really need a win in the Tim Cahill Derby. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Catch our post-match episode this weekend at some point. Not totally sure when we're going to be recording, but keep an eye out for it. We'll keep you guys updated. And until next time, up the toffees. Thanks for tuning in to the American Toffee Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at USA Toffee Pod to stay up to date on the latest episode releases and Everton news. And we'll see you guys next time.